This Week in Wealth is powered by Alpha Wealth Group. If you're serious about retirement and have saved $250,000 or more, call Alpha Wealth Group's Tom Fortino now, 630-934-1855 or alphawealthgroup.com. Alpha Wealth Group, retirement made simple. This episode of This Week in Wealth is sponsored by Alpha Wealth Group. Tom Fortino is an investment advisor representative of Retirement Wealth Advisors, LLC, an SEC-registered advisor, WGN Radio, and RWA are not affiliated. Here's WGN Radio's Elise Glink and Alpha Wealth Group's Tom Fortino. Good morning, Chicago. Welcome back to This Week in Wealth. I'm Elise Glink, WGN talk show host, CEO of Best Money Moves, my financial wellness company. And I'm Tom Fortino, the founder and principal of Alpha Wealth Group right here in the Chicagoland area. All right. Pull out your paper and pencil. If you want to talk with Tom or ask us a question, you definitely want to call 630-934-1855 or go to alphawealthgroup.com and explore all the cool free stuff that Tom offers online, including the five pillars of your retirement plan. All right, Tom. So last week, I was at the National Association of Real Estate Editors meeting in Atlanta, and apparently we're in a land of never before, right? Have you ever been to a land of never before? <laughs> um, is that a ride at the Disneyland or something like that? <laughs> yeah. It sounds like it. Right, doesn't it? Well, here's here's what I learned last <clears throat> week, at, week at my conference. Um we have never before seen interest rates double in such a short period of time, or just go up because they're mm-hmm. more than doubling now. Never before have we seen rising interest rates and sky-high housing prices. Never before have we seen rent jump 19% year over year. That's on a national basis or anywhere close to that. And never before have we seen rising interest rates and all-time high credit card debt, which directly impacts affordability and never before have we seen housing affordability at this kind of a low level which and of course my last point is we should not be surprised never before have we seen this many 20-somethings living at home with their parents hmm. yeah that's a not a never before land i want to visit but unfortunately <laughs> we're living in it right so it's it's it is we're dealing with a lot here there are a lot of headwinds to you know just to kind of summarize so yeah, I mean, last week, the stock market did this kind of crazy, you know, up and down. I should say the week before, up and down, you know, a 1,500-point swings, which was mm-hmm. fascinating. We seem to be going into a place where the Fed is, is going to be moving interest rates up again. It, you know, inflation seems to be very, very stubbornly locked in. I, mm-hmm. You know, all of the stuff, when I think about it, and I know housing is such a big part of most sure. people's net worth, right? It's mm-hmm. And it's fixed, right? It's a um, kind of an immovable object. You need a place mm-hmm. to live. You've got all that home equity locked up. And when you get into your retirement years, um, it can be a problem. And that's even when we see, you know, these back-to-back years of Social Security increases that are pretty significant as well. Mm-hmm. When you look at your Uh, employees portfolios uh, you know how much of a percentage you know does real estate play whether it's you know primary home Mm -hmm. secondary home investment properties and do you like that as an investment well it's always you know it's another asset class so really it depends on the individual whether or not it makes sense first of all as far as the personal residence 
Um, I always take that out of the equation. I don't care if you're going to make money on it or down the road. That's a quality of life. That's where you live. Yes, can you make money on it? Sure. But I just do not include that in the equation as far as that goes. The other parts of it, whether real estate should be part of your portfolio, again, that's an individual thing. There's pros and cons to anything. Now, if you own the S&P, you know, of the 11 sectors in the S&P, real estate's one of them, right? Whether it's financials, real estate, energy, healthcare, consumer staples, consumers, industrials, and so on. You own some segment of real estate and you can buy real estate ETFs, exchange traded funds. So you can have some exposure to real estate and it's not a bad thing for a portfolio as a piece because, you know, there are some good real estate, sometimes referred to as REITs, real estate investment trusts, that can pay a nice dividend, if you want to call that, or yield. And so those can be part of a portfolio so you're not you don't actually you don't have the tenant issues the ownership issues you got to go clean do, deal with plumbing and so that can be part of someone's portfolio again as an income producing asset you can even buy healthcare REITs which is an interesting thing so you can take subsectors in the REITs and own just parts of the real estate market that you think hey I think I think healthcare real estate is a little more solid from a standpoint of any any risk there. So these are things that you can look at owning in your portfolio. Absolutely. It's just, again, it, everybody's situation is unique, but it's something that, you know, for those out there that want to take a look at it, you can add that to your portfolio. Well, it's interesting because, you know, the housing industry contributes about 6% to the national economy. That's in historically, that's what it's mm-hmm. done. And it feels like the brakes have completely... Uh, been slammed on now. Mm-hmm. If you look at some of the numbers that I've been looking at, um, you know, the number of housing starts is down dramatically. P- mm-hmm. You know, builders just aren't building, mm-hmm. uh, which means that if you're invested in, you know, the construction industry somehow, right, either with a REIT or if you're buying, uh, mm-hmm. you know, just like say Pulte shares, you know, like some company that's in, that's building houses, they may be, you know, they may have lower revenue simply because they're not building the houses and selling mm-hmm. them. Uh, and I think people have to think through that when it, it comes to your investments. You know, the, there's a lot to like about sector, you know, different sectors, but you also have to be maybe thinking about how those sectors are being affected mm-hmm. right now. So what I learned last week is that housing is being dramatically affected, of course, by inflation, by the rising interest rates, by the lack of people who left that industry back in 2008 to 2010 in that recession and never mm-hmm. came back into it. They just all went out and found different jobs. And so they're still having trouble attracting qualified laborers. And in addition to that, and they have hired a lot, right? Hundreds of thousands of people have gone into that industry this year. But the lack of immigration, uh, traditionally, a lot of immigrants would come here and they would know how to paint and plaster and build and construct and lay mm-hmm. brick and whatever. That's what they've done in their own home countries. And because we don't have that kind of uh, immigration right now, those levels, that has really hurt the real estate segment as well. But, you know, all of it was sort of interesting mm-hmm. to look at and think about and and <clears throat> frame it from, you know, the perspective of how we invest, save, and grow mm-hmm. our retirement funds. Well, real estate is definitely an important segment. I mean, I know we, we, we quantify it at 6% or whatever it might be, but then there's all these ancillary things, the people that go out and buy appliances, and they buy, you know, studies have been done, the impact that it has with when homes are being purchased. So you could say, from a standpoint of the average investor, looking at the overall economy, saying, you know, how do I feel about things? Is this real estate, maybe for lack of a better word, the canary in the coal mine, 
this is troubling what's happening in the real estate market. You know, you've got the 30-year mortgages approaching 7%. And so how is that going to impact consumer spending, consumer confidence? And then it can ultimately impact the market as well. So I would say these is, this is just one of these other additional headwinds I see in this market for the average investor and how then it can impact your portfolio, right? Whether or yeah. not you're in real estate or have a large portion in real estate. So right. there's a lot of pieces to consider when you look at this real estate and how it impacts you as an investor, you as your retirement plan, and how, how do you want to deal with it? Yeah, no, I think there's uh, certainly a lot of Americans are going to be worried about making changes in this land of never before, and there's so much to talk about. We're going to take a short break. You're listening to This Week in Wealth on 720 WGN. Hey, welcome back, everybody, to This Week in Wealth. I'm Elise Glink here with Tom Fortino, and you're listening to our weekly show, our discussion on all things related to money. So the Social Security Administration said that they will have their biggest cost of living adjustment, or COLA, in four decades next year. Benefits will increase by 8.7%, thanks for inflation. Frankly, that number would have been even higher, except that gas prices recently went down. So in the complicated way, these formulas are calculated uh, it's only 8.7%. But this is on the back of last year's almost historically big increase. And while on the surface it sounds like good news for anybody who's a senior or near seniors, the reality is that, unfortunately, you're getting this because there's higher food and cost of mm-hmm. living increases. And um, I don't know. It's it's very confusing out there, Tom. So how do you think about Social Security? How are you thinking about this increase? How should we all be thinking about it? Well, certainly any increase is a good thing, right? And so when you take a look at Social Security as part of your income plan, you know, we talk about the five pillars to your plan. One of them is the income plan. Some would argue the cornerstone of your plan because you got to have paychecks coming in. You got to pay the bills. You got to have the turn the lights on money and so on and so forth. Mm -hmm. So Social Security is, and in many cases and studies have shown, you know, provides a decent amount of retirees income so when we take a look at your claiming strategy this is important now for those that are taking social security as an example this 8.7 percent increase if you have thirty thousand dollars of social security today starting next year well that's going to go up to a little over thirty two thousand maybe thirty two five and that's a good thing so oh yeah <laughs> I mean, i'm not going to say no to that <laughs> That's a good thing. Now, keep in mind, again, with the claiming strategies and this whole income planning and some of the way I advise individuals on Social Security is, you know, because there's also a delayed retirement credit separate from this cost of living increase. That's 8% per year. And so that's on top of it. So for every year we delay our Social Security, it grows by 8% per year. I've seen differences of $10,000 a year for people that wait between age 65 or 66 to 70. So that's another 10000 11000 more per year you will get for the rest of your life. And by the way, that benefit goes to the surviving spouse if you predecease them and it's the higher benefit. So it's important. You know, and these are somewhat irrevocable decisions. So we have to be careful about the claiming strategies. The cost of living uh, every year that uh, hopefully it increases, that's always a good thing. That's only one piece of this whole strategy on Social Security decisions. Well, to your point, I mean, there, and we talked last segment about the land of never before. I mean, we're, we have never before, I'm just going to go out on a limb and say this, never before seen so many near retirees, people in their 50s and 
late 50s, early 60s who are basically terrified about Mm -hmm. giving up their paycheck and don't want to stop working or who have decided they're going to work until basically they drop. 33%, this is a new survey from the investment company Schroeder's, they found 33% are terrified to give up their paychecks. Half, more than half, 55% of people don't believe they're going to be able to replace even 75% of their current paycheck. And I know that traditional thinking is you want to be able to get to 80% plus, if not 100% of your current paycheck Mm -hmm. before you go into retirement, even though we know other costs are going to go down or what have you. But, you know, life's expensive, healthcare, you know, not covered costs of healthcare are expensive. So, you know, thinking about this, what are... You know, I know we talk. We've talked about annuities from time to time. Mm-hmm. Is it is it worthwhile revisiting that? Well, I think it's always. I mean, a good thing to look at something right that and understand it and educate yourself and to determine if it can be a benefit to you because there's benefits to a lot of these things. And it's it is. It's you know these. You think about it. You wake up one day, you're working. The next day, you wake up, you're unemployed. Now we can call it retired, but you don't have an income or a check coming in. So I get that. That's, an, that's a huge change of life. And so we're saying, okay, now where are the paychecks going to come from? And so there's a difference between assets and income. You can have a million dollars in a retirement account, right? And let's say you start at the beginning of the year, there's a million dollars in there. Great. Well, they could be down to 800 or 750 right now, and then you have to pull out another 50 to supplement your income. And now you're not even one year out from retirement. And so we need to understand the difference between income and assets. I'm not saying it can't recover, but Social Security, that check comes in regardless of the market. That check comes in regardless of what you have in savings and investments. So when we define income, we have to have be important. So when you mention annuities, Elise, that could be a piece of your plan. Um, understand them, but you can create a guaranteed income stream, lifetime income stream, and potentially a joint lifetime income stream if those make sense as part of your plan, separate from the investments. And so these are things that we can look at. I'm more than happy to run illustrations for anyone that wants one based on your age, based on your retirement. You can see how they work for you. I'll get you the information on them. But if you and your spouse get 60000 from Social Security, you put one of these in place, it gives you another 40000 of income. That's $100,000 of income that comes in no matter what. And so these are some of the benefits that you may want to consider in your retirement planning. That's the income planning piece. Of course, we still want to have investments. That's the investment (laughs) planning piece. We want to minimize taxes. That's all part of it. But if we can create the checks every week, every month, I think uh, we're at a good spot right there. And then we can move on from there to try to create a, a complete plan. Yeah. I you know, another thing that I think people you know, have to think about if you're going into retirement or you're afraid to, you know, the new tax brackets uh just came out as well this past week and they also have been adjusted for inflation and so the standard deduction is now gonna to increase to I think twenty seven thousand seven hundred for married couples filing together and thirteen thousand eight fifty for single taxpayers. And mm-hmm. you know, it feels to me like that's gonna help on the on the flip side, and I know you do a lot of tax planning for your um, your uh, for your what are they called your clients. customers your clients <laughs> right clients there's that word Sunday morning oh my goodness um, anyway so how how do the increased brackets actually factor into some of these other things that you're working on for people who are afraid of not having enough money and are near retirement. 
Well, we certainly want to understand where the tax play, you know, where are, are, what tax, marginal tax bracket we're in. First of all, after this year, at least based on current tax code, we have three more years of these tax brackets, where we have the 12 and the 24, the 22. Those right now are set to go away starting in 2026. So there may be some opportunities here. In fact, even before the end of the year, you know, to start doing some things like Roth conversions in lower tax brackets. If I can convert money today at 12% to never pay tax on it again, maybe that's a good idea. I have, you know, I have a number of ideas. I do an end of year planning report and uh, it shows these moves that you can make before December 31st. And it's so important, you know, again, this isn't that complicated. I know we think taxes and we have this rear view mentality. I don't want to look at them, but it's so critical because you do you know that if I had, now this isn't, a, I mean, an extreme, maybe not extreme, is I've seen people have met most of their money in Roths. If all of your money or most of your money was in a Roth, do you know you could get all of your Social Security tax-free, right? right? So we just talked about the claiming strategy, Elise. What about, okay, I maximize the benefit, but also I get more of it, if not all of it, tax-free. Uh, that's a pretty good thing. So, right, uh, and we've talked about it for this year also that mm-hmm. you know there is still time to do this Roth conversion. Absolutely. That that you know when stocks are depressed as they are now, you know they're mm-hmm. still down good twenty point. even thirty percent. You are paying less tax to move mm-hmm. over that money potentially if you're going to move you know whatever you're going to move over. Sure. It's a smaller. Maybe you're going to move a smaller amount, but it's depressed, and so. You know, when the market goes back up, it eventually will. We are not saying it will January 2nd, but it will eventually. (laughs) Um, You know, it will recover, and then you're going to get that boomerang effect of having not really sold at the low, although you'll be moving, you are, you know, selling and rebuying technically, Mm -hmm. Um, but you're able to do it in a way that sort of makes a lot of sense, I think. What do you, what do you, you know, last thoughts on that before no, we... No, uh, I agree. That's, I'm glad you brought that up because the market's down. I know it's not fun and it's tough and it's not, it, I get it. But these are moves that we can make that we're going to say down the road, you know, I'm glad I made that decision back then. You know, if you move some, if you move funds over, you buy Apple stock, whatever. I'm not saying, just giving an example. That's not promoting it or suggesting it, but do you think it's going to be higher five years from now? Okay. Yeah, and now it's going to be in a Roth, which means every penny is tax-free. You can also do it with after-tax money. Take the loss, which you can use against future income as well as capital gains. Reposition that money into an IRA as a contribution. On top of the conversion, I mean, this is stuff just starts to really take off and make a big difference down the road, really immediately and down the road in your plan. Right, and remember, you know, as, as we're running out of time here, but remember you can buy the same stuff you sell. Right. Everybody sells basically the same funds mm-hmm. now. So, you know, you sell, you know, something inside your 401k, you can buy the equivalent outside in an IRA. Mm-hmm. And and so you're just, you know, trading one for the other. You're just doing a tax play. Yes. All right. Well, all of this is complicated. We get it. And of course, we are out of time. So call Tom for a specific look at what's going on with your future and your retirement and your near retirement strategy. 630-934-1855. He will give you a call back or go to alphawealthgroup.com. See you again next week, Tom. I'll be here. All right. Thanks Looking for listening, to. everybody. Uh, we'll see you next week on 720 WGN. 
Tom Fortino is an investment advisor representative of Retirement Wealth Advisors, LLC, and SEC Registered Advisor. Alpha Wealth Group, WGN, and RWA are not affiliated. Exposure to ideas and financial vehicles discussed should not be considered investment advice or recommendation to buy or sell any financial vehicle. This information should not be considered tax or legal advice. Individuals should consult with professionals specialized in fields of tax, legal, accounting, or investments regarding the applicability of this information for their situation. Past performance is not a guarantee of future results. Investments will fluctuate and when redeemed may be worth more or less than when originally invested. Any comments regarding safe and secure investments and guaranteed income streams refer only to fixed insurance products. They do not refer in any way to securities or investment advisory products. Fixed insurance and annuity product guarantees are subject to the claims paying ability of the issuing company and are not offered by retirement wealth advisors. Insurance and annuities offered through Alpha Wealth Group, licensed in Illinois.